This is this is fine. 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 This is a poor substitute for therapy, but an excellent substitute for other podcasts. We're not like other podcasts. Join us as we find the answers to the universe's biggest questions like, is butter a carb? Does crying burn calories? And what the fuck am I doing with my life? We're here to be your part-time therapist, astrologer, concierge doctor, and fairy godmother. Do you need someone to validate you today? Cool, cool, cool. Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. Hello, gorgeous, gorgeous listeners. Welcome back to another action-packed episode of your favorite podcast, This is Fine. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you're excited to dive into the world of beauty and wellness, two of my favorite subjects, with senior beauty and wellness editor at Well and Good, Zoe Weiner, one of my favorite people. Zoe has been a journalist friend of mine for many years, and most recently my editor at Well and Good. We've had so many behind-the-scenes discussions about everything from skincare and dermatological health to makeup and fragrance to fitness and health trends. Today, she's gracing us with her presence to impart some knowledge, share some trends, and give her unfiltered state of the union on all things beauty and wellness. And in the tis the season spirit, we're going to make sure you have a few things to add to your wish list naturally. Let's get into it. Zoe, welcome. I adore you. I am so happy you're here. Are you fine today? I'm good today. It's Friday. I feel like it's kind of my favorite day of the week. So I'm happy to be here. This is like a nice little way to spend the Friday. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for spending your time with me in the closet recording. Yes, I was just telling Dominique that I am in my closet with no air conditioning surrounded by piles of clothes. So hopefully it's soundproof, but we'll <laughs> She just can't stop creating content. We love this for her. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I kind of gave a little intro beforehand. You are an authoritative voice in this space. You've been in journalism, health, beauty for a long time. Can you catch listeners up a bit on your career, your history, and what you're up to right now? Yeah. So I, as you said, have been doing this journalism thing for a minute. I started my (laughs) career at Glamour Magazine. I was in fashion before the beauty bug kind of bit me. And I started freelancing beauty content for websites like Bustle, Teen Vogue, Allure, got all over the place and well and good, which I wound up actually going to full-time as the beauty and fitness editor about four years ago. And now I'm the senior beauty editor over there. So I oversee all of our beauty content. I have a podcast of my own called Routine Rundown, where we talk to experts in the beauty industry and have kind of larger conversations about what's going on in beauty and wellness. And I also have a YouTube show called Zoe Tries It All, where I try all kinds of wild and crazy beauty treatments and deep dive on things that you might be seeing on the internet. Yes. And I get the benefit of this because I'll just text you. I'm like, I need this product or I have this terrible cystic pimple. Like what the hell? And thank you for always fielding my crazy questions. I'm just, I'm so glad we get to share your voice and your authority on my podcast. So thank you. Yeah, of course. So, okay, let's just get right into it. You have been forecasting trends not just for well and good, but for the industry for quite some time now. And I would love to get the lowdown on your perspective, what we're taking with us from 2022, what we're leaving behind, any trends going forward, even in like the health and beauty space as well. I feel like there's such a Venn diagram. Yeah, I feel like these last few years in beauty and in wellness, it's really been about finding what works for you. And I think for so long, you know, we were in this world where we were being told you need to have 75 steps in your skincare routine. You need to be doing like this 
hard, chic, expensive boutique fitness workout, or you need to be drinking this pricey smoothie to get glowing skin, like all of those things. And it really felt like we were doing so much before the pandemic. Yes. Like it was like, I couldn't even keep up and it's my job to keep up. Mm -hmm. And I think like the pandemic, when we were all, you know, kind of sitting at home, taking stock of what we were doing, it really gave people a chance to think about what actually made them feel good. And I know, you know, it's been, God, two and a half years since lockdown, but I think we've kind of continued to carry that with us. And in terms of wellness in general, it's really meant finding what works for you, whether that's working out at home, whether that's going on a hot girl walk. If you never want to set foot in a Barry's boot camp again, that's okay. (laughs) If you want to go to Barry's boot camp five days a week, like by all means, but it's really, you know, I think in wellness in general, just doing what makes you happy. And I think that that's something that we're going to continue to see. From a skincare standpoint, it really feels pretty similar. Um, You know, I think again, like all those 12-step skincare routines, we just kind of had this moment of like, why were we doing that? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And so many people were using the wrong things. They messed up their skin. Everyone has sensitized skin or had sensitized skin, I would say, Mm -hmm. going into this last like year and a half. Absolutely. Coating themselves with acids and retinoids and like whatever buzzy ingredient was happening. And I think you know, now we're seeing people just kind of lightening up in general, especially on skincare. Yes. Like doing way less, talking about barrier health and the health of the microbiome, which is really what kind of keeps all of your skin health in check. And like that, we've right. seen that conversation trending on TikTok. So it's more about nourishing your skin, doing less. We've, we've seen skin cycling, which I think has been yeah. really powerful and kind of teaching people how to use these powerful actives without screwing up their skin. Right. Um, Skin cycling is huge right now. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think social media has played such a huge role in all of this because there's so much education out there. Yep. And for so long, I think there was a lot of bad education out there with people who may not have been worthy of telling people what products to use. And we're getting paid to say use these 15 ounces. (laughs) And now we see, like, my TikTok is a dermatologist. And I think there's so much education. And I think that's also really helped people to just kind of take a step back and say, oh, you know, what works for this influencer might not work for me, but here are kind of the skin health tools that I need to know. And let's start with back to basics and really simplified things. I think simplification is really just going to continue, continue, continue. I'm so glad that you said this because this topic has been on my mind for like at least the past two years, like this idea of doing the most, like you were saying, like hundred step wellness routine, taking up your entire day using six different gadgets. Like, do I need a new face and like an at-home microneedler and an LED mask and all of these different gadgets? And I feel like doing the most is actually not that good for you. And now we're finally starting to have this like reckoning of like, oh, I can chill out and still be healthy and have good skin. Like that's insane to me. (laughs) Yeah. And like, listen, if it makes you feel good, if you want to spend your Sunday night under an LED mask or you want a new face every morning and that's something that makes you feel good as part of your morning routine, like by all means do that. But I think you know, there's, it's less of like a, you have to do X, Y, and Z things now and more like, let's get the education and give people a chance to choose what they want to do. Right. It's less prescriptive. And if you're following a step-by-step, then you don't have the context for like why something works or doesn't work versus if you are getting educated, like you said, maybe you're following a dermatologist on TikTok or maybe you're talking to your actual dermatologist or just learning more, going to school about it, then you can actually customize something for yourself because you know what does what, like this ingredient does X and this, and it doesn't do Y, right? Like vitamin C might lighten 
some discoloration, but it's not going to moisturize. I don't know. That's probably a bad example. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, but I actually, I was having an interesting conversation with a dermatologist the other day, and we were talking about how, you know, in the last couple of years, we've seen all of these single ingredient products right. really blow up. It's like 10% niacinamide serum, 15% vitamin C, whatever it is. And people were shopping by ingredient. And right. what happened with that was it was like making people play chemist in their bathroom. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't know what they were doing. And so like that kind of led to the sensitization, the doing too much, all of that. And now I think we're kind of seeing a bounce back where people are now opting towards, okay, here's a serum that fights a concern like discoloration that has vitamin C and kojic acid and niacinamide in it, let's say. And so like they're looking for concerns based on ingredient because we've realized like it takes, you need to know a lot in order to be able to do, to like come up with those ingredient by ingredient routines on their own. That's why people go to school for a bajillion years to become a dermatologist or a cosmetic chemist. It's it's a lot that goes into this, but it's so true because I, I mean, you know this based on, you know, my writing and our conversations. Like recently I'm like, oh, I have sensitive skin. And then I'm like, do I have sensitive skin or was I actually just doing so much with product because I'm like, oh, this person has really good skin and they use this, this, and this, and this person has really good skin and they use this, this, and this. So I'm going to use all of that (laughs) and put it all on my skin and my poor face was just freaking out. Well, and it's been interesting to watch from a brand standpoint. Like we saw so many brands this past year launch sensitive skin lines, which is great and really helpful for people who are right. dealing Genuinely. with sensitive skin or sensitized skin. But these brands, like they were selling really heavy acids before and telling people that like you needed to use all of these products. And now it's like, oh, let's create a new product to help right. combat the problem <laughs> that, that like, we just created. Started. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's like, Skincare is so cyclical, and I think we're really in this moment of, I don't know, I think we also just have more demand for things that actually work, and TikTok's been a huge part of that. Like, we're in a no BS beauty moment, I think, which is pretty powerful. It's like a recalibration. I love a good renaissance moment. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I like that for this, the skincare renaissance. Skincare renaissance. So, like, as we're coming into our own renaissance, like, heading into 2023, a lot of what you're saying is coming down to personalization and education. Are there any resources that you really enjoy, whether it's a TikTok term or, you know, the website or somewhere else where you like to get education about skin health and skincare in general? I mean, obviously, wellandgood.com. Yes. Come visit us. We, all of our skincare intel is really, really expert-led, um, which means that I often have the luxury of chatting with dermatologists yep. as does Dominique. We're like, what's our skin doing this week? Let's call our dermatologist <laughs> friends. It's uh, so true. <laughs> but it's so true. And I think like, but I really, I'm a big proponent of TikTok because I think they yeah. have really democratized skincare education. Like in New York, and I know you're in California, we're so lucky we have dermatologists. Like you throw a rock and you can hit a dermatologist <laughs> office. But you know, elsewhere it's expensive. It's less accessible. So I think TikTok has become such an important resource. However, you just need to make sure that you're looking at the right people. Like right. there are so many actual experts on there that I think it's pushed out kind of some of the bad information we were getting from influencers right. um, back in like the Instagram prime. But I love Dr. Shereen Idris. She does a pillow talk Durham series where she just totally debunks every like BS thing on the internet, whether it's, you know, did jade rollers work to 
combat wrinkles or is vitamin C the only ingredient? Like all of those things she's talking about and giving really in-depth explanations. Dr. Lindsay Zubritsky is another one who I love. She's Dr. Derm Guru, I think, on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And she does these like great short form videos. And I think with these videos too, it's just all so digestible. Right, bite-sized. That, yeah, it's not, it's not complicated. Yeah, this is a great way to, even if you don't know anything about skincare, to just get the ball rolling. And I do feel like the more you know, it's kind of like that teach Amanda fish versus giving him a fish. Again, like mm-hmm. someone can give you like a prescriptive, like step-by-step skincare routine. But if you know what your skin actually needs and what products and ingredients actually do, then you can make your own. And you don't need to rely on an influencer or someone else. You can actually get to know your skin much better. Exactly. And I think something else that's been really cool to see is, you know, I think we're coming away from this clean beauty moment because mm-hmm. clean beauty doesn't mean absolutely anything. anything. Thank God we're getting away from this. No standard definition. Yes. But I, like, <laughs> like transparency has really become kind of that new standard. And I right. think another great place to look for information is now so many brands, you can go on their website and like highlight an ingredient in a product and it will tell you exactly what that ingredient does. Yep. So if you're shopping for a product, I mean, I know like Hailey Bieber's line, for example, does oh, this, yeah. which I thought was really great. And I like that line a lot, actually. I still need to try it. It's great. I saw some other website called it like the white t-shirt of skincare and it was pretty, pretty on point. Cute. Love that. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I think that there are a lot of resources out there and I think that very few people these days are just going in totally blind buying a product, which is awesome to see. I love seeing this in skincare because I saw this in like the CBD and like hemp world, you know, a couple years ago where transparency was really the differentiator. Uh, you know, it, there was such a huge boom in that sector and so many brands came on at the same time. And the biggest differentiator was like, can you be transparent? Can you show people what's in your product? Can you show people test results? That was what really made a brand safe, effective, stand out versus the rest. And I love seeing that now kind of bleed into other industries, especially, you know, we talk about skincare as beauty, but it's also health. Like your skin is the largest organ in your body. This is genuinely healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of, um, we have this big kind of forward thinking trends moment on well and good that happens at the end of every year. And last year's, one of our beauty trends was the rise of skin health. And basically mm-hmm. what that was about is that you know, like anti-aging, that conversation has changed so much. And I think, yeah. you know, I think brands aren't using that term anymore. And we're really seeing kind of this shift towards skin health. And especially with all this education that's happening, it's become so much more preventative. So young women and men and people are thinking about how to take care of their skin for the long term. Right. So that like those Band-Aid solutions of like, oh, shoot, I'm 40 and now I want to get Botox and filler are not... <laughs> Which if you want to do that, by all means. Yeah, I'm please do. I'm a Botox proponent. Love it. But it's, you know, it gives people kind of another option to start earlier with prevention and really focus on skin health versus like Band-Aid aesthetics. Right. I think we're going to look at anti-aging, you know, skin and beauty culture as we do diet culture in the future. I think this is something like we want to conform to a certain thing or reverse a certain thing. And obviously a lot of it, you know, it's targeted at people, but it's largely targeted at women. And I think we are going to have a different perspective on what anti-aging really means the same way we have a new perspective on diet culture in general. Yeah. And I heard someone talking about the other day and they were like, well, it's the like millennials are now the ones who are entering kind of that anti-aging category, which is us. First Um, of all, ew, how dare you? (laughs) I I was like, oh, first of all, no thanks. But no, and I think, yeah, right. Like I think that it is, I'm interested to see kind of how that changes things and how the marketing changes. I know, you know, right now we've seen a lot of cool new brands launching for 
women in menopause, let's say, and right. they're really kind of destigmatizing that conversation around menopause in general, but also in around skincare um, right. for women who are going through menopause, which is you experience huge skin shift based on the hormonal shifts you experience. So I think right. like that's become really buzzy. And I just, I'm interested to see kind of as, as us millennials start to start to enter that demo, what's going to happen. Yeah. I love that we've also been talking a lot about how hormone health affects our skin um, and, you know, how other parts of our life, our biochemistry, our, you know, nutrition, lifestyle impact our skin health. Because again, I keep coming back to this Venn diagram. It's not just beauty. It's also your health. But we've talked a lot about hormone health and its impact on, you know, acne or skin dryness. And I think hormone health, like in and of itself, is a pretty popular topic right now that's kind of coming to the forefront. Like we're all like a little bit less taboo about it. And we've worked on articles together about that as well. Yeah. And I think also stress is a big one. And stress is obviously so closely linked to hormones. Right. Um, when you're stressed, your cortisol spikes and that right. causes acne. Like I like they, they call it um what is it like the stress beard when you get zits all over your chin, which happens right. to me like probably once a week. Um, <laughs> but I think like Again, you know, kind of after the pandemic, when everyone was so, so, so stressed, that really entered like the stress skin connection entered the chat in a new way too. And I think we're going to probably see some cool innovations in that moving forward. We're already starting to see brands launching like beautiful smelling and luxuriously feeling kind of sensory beauty products. I'm curious to see kind of how the stress hormone conversation plays into skincare going forward. Absolutely. I've also been seeing, I don't know if this is on your radar as well, a lot of traditional Chinese medicine playing into hormone health, skin health, skin treatment. Obviously, you know, gua sha and jade rollers have been popular for a while, but I've been seeing a lot of these more natural, like herb-centered treatments, remedies in terms of balancing stress levels, et cetera. Have you seen a lot of that as well? Yeah, you know, we've been covering that obviously for so yeah. long. I think it's been part of the wellness conversation. The niche community. For a long time. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, it's really amazing to see these traditional practices, people embracing them in new ways. And I think there are some really, I think there are some brands out there who don't necessarily like cite the source material in the right, proper right, right. way. And I don't love to see that, but I think there are you know, amazing ways that that's entering, entering the conversation and continuing to kind of give people, like I said, like it's all about doing what works for you. Exactly. And I think there's so much merit to like these practices that people have relied on for centuries. And they're very customizable. So it keeps coming back to that very personalized approach to your health and beauty. Mm-hmm. In terms of like makeup, cosmetic beauty, I'm thinking like eyebrow trends, lip trends, like that kind of stuff. I'm really scared <laughs> because... I've been seeing a lot of like 90s brow, like early 2000s brow trends. Is that a thing? Okay, this is controversial, but (laughs) I really think that brows have like brow trends have no place in the conversation. Oh, God bless. I feel like you're bored bored with eyebrows that look a certain way and you should embrace. I mean, if you want to like change your eyebrows because you think that looks good on your face, fine. But I feel like brow trends are just messing with everyone. Like I grew up with... I have huge thick eyebrows, grew up with a unibrow, was relentlessly teased for it. And then I turned 22 and every celebrity had a unibrow and that was cool. And I was yep. like, God, I was made to feel terrible about this. And it's like, your eyebrows are a natural thing that grow out of your face. I don't know. I'm just right. very anti-brow trend. I say, do what makes you happy. Okay. Thank you so much because I've been like <laughs> laminating at home and it makes my eyebrow hairs fall out. And I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep up. Yeah, it's like, do what makes you happy. But I think on that front, I think there are some cool... Like, I think what I'm most excited about in makeup 
I'm such a skincare junkie, so I feel like everything right. I say comes from skincare. Yeah. But what I'm excited about in makeup is I do think we're seeing formulations get a lot more skin friendly. Like I like to call it makeup oh, that does more almost. Finally, so seeing, yes. Right? Like brow serum, like Kosas has brow serums, for yep. example, that, you know, pigment your brows, but then also condition them and help them grow. And there are so many mascaras that like help your lashes grow and lip right. glosses that have hyaluronic acid for plumping. And then of course, like skin tints are everywhere, which are always form, almost always formulated with really good for your skin ingredients. Right. So it's like, it's not just makeup anymore. You know, it's makeup that like will make you look good when you put it on, but then also has long-term benefits for your skin, your brows, your lips, et cetera. Right. It's like, why did it take so many years for us to get some skincare makeup? Like I've been waiting for this for so long. I'm, you know, always a proponent of tinted moisturizer. I always just get like a sunscreen that has like some kind of foundation in it because I'm like, I got to do something good for my skin. And now finally, there are some more products available that are giving us a nice little treat for the visage. Yeah, the the Iris and Romeo, they launched a new sunscreen, like tinted moisturizer situation. And that's Ooh. all I've been wearing recently. It's so good. It's a smaller brand, but their yeah. products are awesome. I think I have their, um, it's like a hyaluronic acid spray, like a, a facial mist. I think it's the same yeah, brand. Iris and Romeo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, a yeah. bigger bottle. It feels really nice. I need to check out the rest of their line. Okay, speaking of which products onto some specifics what are your absolute must-have products right now across the board can be in any category of like body care hair face beauty oh my gosh I'm like it's such a long list I almost need to go into my bathroom and laugh yes do it (laughs) okay let's see in my shower we'll start there I like really turned my shower into a spa during the pandemic, yep. I live in a studio apartment with a boyfriend and a dog, and we all spend a lot of time here together. So Absolutely. my shower is like my private time yes. and like the only time I'm alone ever. So soft services, I absolutely love their product. They're this new, um, not so new, I guess they launched two years ago, but they have all of these really cool body care products that are designed Ooh. specifically for keratosis pilaris and body acne. Okay. And I have body acne, so I love their clearing solution. It's like this glycolic acid gel that you put on any body acne and it makes it go away. Ooh. Swear by that. Okay. Um, what else for my body? I love Sea in the Moon's um, scrub. Feels so, so, so good. And it smells like birthday cake, but not in like a gross birthday cake way. That's a really nice way. <laughs> Amazing. And oh, Salt Air. That's another one. It's a new sustainable brand. I think East for Lawrence. The model is behind it and their products smell really good, super moisturizing. So that's my body wash and lotion. As far as hair goes, Olaplex always their moisturizing mask. And I use their, um, Ooh, what is it, number that. three? Yeah, the bond. strengthen. Yeah. And then, yeah, the bond one for my hair because I have dry color treated hair and then I love the moisture mask. That's okay. a big one for me. And then Drunk Elephant Shampoo and Conditioner is my other, like, daily. I swear by it. And I love, they have two different sets of shampoo and conditioner, and I use both of all, all of them. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, And then for skin, that's such a hard one, because I feel like I change things all the time. Right. You have um, to. It's your job. <laughs> yeah. Fresh, fresh soy cleanser. Oh, yeah. Is always. A for me, always. Yeah. Um, I do know that about you. <laughs> yeah. SkinCeuticals, CE for like, big one. Yep. Dennis Gross peel pads. I'm like, these are the ones that like, I feel like every beauty editor serves by. Yep. And then I just started using Charlotte Tilbury's magic cream, which I don't know Ooh. why I was so late to get on board. It's amazing. Oh, um, shit. It's really amazing. It, I don't know what kind of actives it has in it other than hydration, but that's what I need right now. And it just makes yeah. my skin so glowy and beautiful. I'm like, 
do I need? I have like 17 moisturizers in my medicine cabinet. And I'm like, so I probably still need to try this. Yeah. And like, I'm also with my skin. I'm not, I don't do a lot of masks or treatments or devices. I have them all. I just can never don't commit, them. commit yeah. to using them. <laughs> like I've, I'll try them once and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And yeah, that's me with like, like, I'm, I get like supplements and stuff sent to me, like protein shakes and powders and stuff. I'm like, that's nice. And then I never use them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Shawnee Darden's retinol reform. You got to have a retinol. That's Ooh, the okay. What, what was the name one. of the brand? Shawnee Darden. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'm She's like, a fe- an esthetician to the stars. Yeah. Jessica Alba goes to her. Shay Mitchell. She's got a amazing client list. I'm like, if they their skin looks that good and she's treating it, then I'm on board. I'm in. <laughs> Speaking of treatments, do you have yeah. any new or fun treatments or ones that are just like back to basics? This, you know, works bang for your buck. I mean, I love a hydrofacial. I think okay. that, you know, it hydrates and it sucks all the gunk out of your pores. And I think after, I don't know, I'm like after the summer, I always love it. But I think any time of year, it's right. just like it, it gives you bang for your buck. And then Clear and Brilliant also, like if I need a little bit of discoloration help or anything like that, I feel like Clear and Brilliant has a new, it's a laser, it has a new right. downtime and it just kind of resurfaces your skin. I just heard of this really cool new treatment that all my friends who are getting married are doing and Ooh. it's called the Aqua Gold Facial. Oh. And it sounds almost too good to be true. I am maybe going to mess up what's in it, but it's like a little bit of Botox, a little bit of filler, hyaluronic acid, and like solid gold. And they micro needle it or derba roll it into your skin. And like every friend that I know who's done it, my non-beauty editor friends, their skin just looks glowing for like Whoa. weeks afterwards. So okay, I need to I look need into to this. Wow, aqua gold <laughs> facial? Yeah, they've been getting it at Jacked, which is... um like a one of those Botox bars in the city. But okay. yeah, I got to check it out. I don't know if you can get it elsewhere. Yeah, wow. I'm going to look into this. And if there's anything good, I will link to it in the description. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Anything else that's like on your radar or you're looking forward to in 2023 in the beauty world? Um, I think I'm also excited. Like, I feel like people are having fun with makeup. I think like the biggest thing with beauty, like I've said so many times, it's like it's just about doing what makes you happy. And I think a huge part of that is care. I think hair care is a big thing. We're seeing like a lot of cool hair care launches, launches for hair loss and stress-related hair loss. So I think that's going to be really cool to watch. Yeah. Um, like the hair care market, body hair is also blowing up. But then makeup too, like people just having fun again, I think has been really cool to watch. Because I don't know, I remember when we were like during the pandemic, it was like, is everyone gonna stop wearing makeup forever like really so much better for our skin and the good right. news is like there's makeup that's good for our skin now and yeah. it's also you know it's just it's fun like it's i've been, fun been with playing beauty. with glitter and doing the things yeah. yeah i've been like really into um like a 90s shimmer lid like an icy like violet or baby blue Ooh, maybe i'll try that tonight it's very like <laughs> trendy so i don't know if that's gonna last but it's fun yeah, like yeah, what you were saying, make, make makeup fun. Bring the joy back yeah. to beauty. I love this. It's like making 100%. you happy, bringing that kind of, that's what it's about, right? Making yourself feel good, taking care of yourself, playing with color, finding your creativity. I think all of those things like can get lost when we're trying to like fit into a certain, you know, aesthetic or box. Yeah. And like when you're being told you have to do this, you have to use this ingredient, you have to like, it's, it's, it's self-care. It's really what it comes down to is self-care. It shouldn't be about... I think so much of beauty is obviously focused on aesthetics. Like that's right. the root of the word. But I think for me, something that I've really tried to kind of redefine with it is like, I'm not going to do the things that I don't enjoy. I'm going to use the products that I like. Like I've even started to limit the products, you know, as a beauty editor, right. you know this, 
we got a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. I've started to be like, I just don't want that. Like right. I am trying to space. limit things. Yeah. Things that just don't bring me joy in my routine. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's a hard thing to do, especially like, I don't know. I feel like as women, we're like, yeah, of course. And like, it's hard to say no. Yeah. And, uh, you have yeah. to kind of like protect that space a little bit because it really is such an influx. And I feel bad if I don't cover something <laughs> and I have a product <laughs> in my house. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I, I get uh, that. Yeah. I feel like th- this is a very totally. niche, niche problem, but some people listening will get it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. thank you so much for sharing so much of your insight and your trend tips and everything that's going on in the beauty world. I'm so grateful for your time today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And for anyone who wants to connect with you, TikTok, Instagram, is it all Zoe Weiner with three R's? Yep. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much. One hour was taken. (laughs) It's okay. Dominique Michelle was taken when I had a Twitter and it became Dommy Michelle. And then like everything else is like five people on planet earth. Call me Dommy, but now it's my whole social presence. (laughs) Yeah. We love our brand. We've got a brand. It was good to talk to you. Thank you for this closet interview. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. There you have it, folks. You can read more about Zoe's trend forecasts and her articles in general, and mine for that matter, at wellandgood.com. That's W-E-L-L-A-N-D-G-O-O-D.com. I'll link to it in the episode description. You can also hear more from Zoe on her web series, Zoe Tries It All, her podcast, Routine Rundown, and on her Instagram and TikTok, Zoe Weiner with three R's. And as per usual, don't worry, all the links are in the episode description. I hope you enjoyed this beauty meets healthy living chat today, y'all. As always, it's a joy to have you here, and I am so, so grateful you've tuned in. I hope everything is fine in your world, and I'll see you here next week. Lots of love. A bien so. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award-winning sound designer Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com. 